Welcome back to Energetically You, where we talk about optimal wellness, abundant mindset, and confident decision-making. I'm your host, Megan Swan, a wellness coach and consultant and the founder of Megan Swan Wellness and the Sustainable Integrated Wellness Approach. I help high-performance humans, leaders, and modern companies thread more wellness into their lifestyle and company culture so that it becomes a way of life and business and not a check mark on their to-do list. I'm on a mission to empower more people through optimal wellness. Today on the podcast, I am so excited to interview Hope Pedrasa. She is a certified holistic nutritionist, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, certified hair, tissue, and mineral analysis expert. Ooh, can't wait to dive into that one. Reiki master practitioner, human design guide. That's what we were really going to talk about today. The founder of In Balance, a Pilates-based fitness franchise, and the host of her own podcast called Hopeful and Wholesome. So, so excited to get to know Hope. Let's dive in. Welcome, Hope. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so curious to ask you about many things that you have on your list of expertise. But first, let's start off with how are you and how's your day going so far? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Megan. It is good. It is a little bit crazy today. As telling before we start recording, we're having like this epic ice storm in South Texas. And we all know that Texans are not equipped for this weather. So it's been, it's been, it's been an adventure today. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, please keep driving slow and yes, be careful yes. going home. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm let's, let's start with the, the hair piece. Cause I think that's the one that caught me the most off guard. Uh, I definitely want to get to human design and um, yeah. So why don't you st- first start telling us a little bit about, you know, where your wellness health and wellness journey started? Like what was the the catalyst for yeah, you. Yeah. So I, I grew up dancing. I danced from probably the age of three up until my mid twenties. And that kind of got me into just movement, right? And I just really got into movement and that led into like fitness and that realm. And so I have a brick and mortar Pilates studio, which is where I am now, the only place with power right now. <laughs> um, and so my, my love of dance and movement kind of put me in that direction. And I think just along that journey of movement and Pilates and all of that, Um, I, I just fell in love with the human body and just learning all the things about the human body. And so, um, I I think there, there's kind of two parts to this, where I think that kind of pushed me in this direction. Part of it was my movement background and my dance and all that. And as I started my studio, I wanted to really provide the women coming into my studio with a full comprehensive experience where they were getting everything they needed in one spot. So I wanted to offer the nutrition and the movement, you know, all the things. And so initially I started out just like basic nutrition coaching, right? Just like, let me just give them some basic support. And then working with women, I realized that, you know, they were coming to me from using air quotes here, weight loss, right? But, but realizing from my perspective, like it was so much deeper than that. There was like hormonal issues and thyroid issues and inflammation. There's all these underlying things. And so that kind of drove me to um, like really dive deeper into my own education to be able to reach those women at a deeper level and really getting down to like the root cause of why they were coming to me for the weight loss thing in the first place. Mm. And so I dove in to get my diploma in holistic nutrition. I did the functional diagnostic nutrition program to be an FDNP. I did a bunch of other like specialized certifications like care tissue mineral analysis, which you mentioned, um, just to really get to that deep level. 
I think the other piece of my like origin story is I actually, I didn't, I had, um, I had digestive issues growing up and, you know, at the time, <clears throat> you know, they said it was IBS and I mean, I'm sure it was IBS, but it, it's like, especially back then it was like, they're like, I don't know what it is. It's IBS. Like your stomach's messed up. Like they don't give you a protocol that there's no direction or anything. So as I got older, you know, I kind of took it upon myself to educate myself. And I think that's also what threw me into kind of the nutrition piece to dive deeper into that side, because I was able to change my diet. I, I went vegan, cold turkey. I decided one day I was going to try like, maybe this is the thing that'll fix the things, you know, and I went cold turkey, vegan. And I, you know, my IBS, I mean, all the things, my allergies, my IBS, all these things started to clear up for me. So putting together the pieces like, okay, like this nutrition piece really plays a huge part in how my body's functioning and all that. So I think there was kind of multi layers there of how I got here, but all in all, I just, I love the human body. I love helping women optimize like their health and their bodies and to be able to like function optimally and, um, all of that. Yeah. Amazing. It's so funny you say that about your childhood, because I was, I just had a, a group coaching call yesterday and three of the four women had this story and I have a similar story growing mm-hmm. up. Like I, well, one of them grew up in a town that like was literally a dairy town. So it was like sacrilege <laughs> to question dairy. <laughs> <the> dairy. <laughs> and she just had oh this, like gosh. every single person in her family has something, you know, even to the grandmother with the arthritis, like yeah. so many health problems due yeah. to the level of consumption of dairy. Yes. And, and I grew up, you know, um, you know, to no fault of, of my mother's, that was just like, what was being taught at yeah. in the eighties, you know, totally. as, as, you know, milk is healthy, of course. Is healthy. Yeah. Um, and you know, I used to drink like liters of skim milk, skim, of course. <laughs> um, and I had like horrible acne as mm-hmm. a teenager and I had chronic bronchitis mm-hmm. and I had, uh, in the earliest years I had chronic earaches yep, and same. I was constantly taking antibiotics yep. for that. Same. And like, you know, no one at that point in the game, to your point, nobody's, nobody's questioning no. the diet to the degree yeah. that you are now. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. At the, I got, I think I had, I probably had at least three colonoscopies before I was, I don't know, I was in middle school, maybe 13. And, 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 and again, I mean, I had endoscope, I mean, I had, oh, you know, all the things, every direction, like they did all the tests, but again, it came back like, oh, it's IBS. And like, okay, like, that's it. Now what? <laughs> so yeah. And then same, I, I was drinking, but, and I did find out later, you know, there was a lactose intolerant situation, but I don't know why, like the doctors didn't figure that out. Like it was my mom's like, well, let's go get some more testing and see if there's any foods that are, you know, but it's, there was no direction or protocol or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the hair analysis. Cause I find that that's yeah. so interesting. So yeah. clients give you a piece of their hair. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually, um, it's actually a teaspoon of hair. So it's, okay. um, yeah, I know, right. Very specific. There's a little, uh, paper scale that you put it on and it's, it's very specific how much hair, but yeah. So basically, um, so I, as an FDNP, I use functional labs to get to the root you know, root cause of what's going on. And the HTMA or hair tissue mineral analysis is 
giving you a look at your mineral levels. But of course, you know, you can go to the doctor and you can get a blood test. They'll do a blood test to test your mineral levels. But when you're looking at it from that perspective, it's a very small, like acute picture of what's going on, right? It's like, this is what's going on at this moment in time. Not only that, but a lot of our, our minerals are intracellular, meaning they're in your cells. So for measuring your blood levels, it's, it's not really the full picture of what's going on, like at a cellular level with your health and with your mineral levels. So with the HTMA, you're sending in your hair and it's a a look at what's going on chronically with your mineral levels. It's going on like the past 90 to 120 days with your mineral levels because it's what's being pushed out into your tissues. So it's looking at a couple dozen different minerals. Of course, the big ones, right? Like sodium, magnesium, potassium, calcium, the big ones that we need the most of. And then there's maybe, you know, 18 or 20 other micronutrients that it measures it looks at heavy metals. It looks at other toxic elements that could show up. And then it looks at the individual minerals, but it also looks at some relationships between the minerals and the relationships. A lot of times are more important in some instances than the actual like individual mineral, because the relationships, the ratios are going to show what's going on with your adrenals and your thyroid and your carb metabolism and your liver and how you're oxidizing things. And your nervous system and so many other pieces where you can start to like find patterns and connect dots and kind of see what's going on with all these other things, these symptoms, you know, that people are coming to me with. And then we connect dots with other labs that I do. And we, I always start with the mineral bouncing protocol first because minerals they're considered, you probably heard this before they're, they're considered the spark plugs of the body, right? Like without the minerals, enzymes can't do the things like there's no reactions that no reaction can happen in the body without the minerals, like sparking the reaction. And so I find that before I started doing HTMA, you know, my clients would have results and everything, but it was such a slow process because that piece was missing. Like when you connect that piece with everything else, it really does like jumpstart what's going on with like the healing process. So being able to balance out the minerals and kind of um, get that part functioning before addressing all these other things. Mm, So many questions. All right, let's start (laughs) with, so do you usually recommend like, you know, X, Y, Z mineral is low. Do you give a protocol of eat more of this or are you always solving things with supplements? It's, it's both. That's a good question. It's both. So I work with a lab that specifically customizes their supplement protocol with the HTMA. So I can either, I can do it myself. I can look at the lab and I can create this custom protocol or I can send it to them and they can do it, but they, they customize it to exactly what they need. So they're looking at, you know, what's low, what's too high, what needs to be pushed out, what needs to be balanced out. So there's that piece. The supplement piece is a big piece, but it is also the food piece because like potassium, for example, potassium is much more absorbable by food than by supplement. Like there's only so much really that your body's going to absorb from a supplement. Mm -hmm. So potassium and potassium is a pretty big one for people, potassium and sodium. For that one, there's a lot that we do with food, specifically with that one. And the same thing with sodium. Like, yeah, you can put, you know, sea salt in the supplement, but getting salt from like a good quality, like Celtic salt is the one I always recommend people like uh, balancing out sodium levels with actual like good quality salt is going to be better than doing it from a supplement. So there are some where it's like, it's much more important with the food, but, but it's always, the food is always, I mean, supplement is always just that it's just a supplement, right? Like mm-hmm. you can, and I tell my clients this all the time too, especially I have, you know, very high performing women that I work with. Um, a lot of them are, I have some 
some that, you know, some corporate jobs, some entrepreneurs, some just busy moms, but they're all high performing. Like they want to perform at a certain level in their life, whether it's their job or their life, whatever. And I always tell them like, you can take, you can spend a thousand dollars on all supplements, but you're going to be wasting all thousand dollars of it. If you're not managing your stress and you're not sticking to this anti-inflammatory diet that we're focused on right now. Like, so the diet piece is always huge. And then the stress management piece is always huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have the exact same philosophy there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm also curious. I mean, this seems like such an amazing tool for kids. Particularly. Oh, yeah. like, I don't like making my kids get blood drawn. Yes. Yes. Totally. Yes. And um, I think, yeah, that can be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually just started working with kids Um, it just kind of happened organically. Like I had a couple of my clients reach out just asking like, Hey, you know, my kids dealing with this and this. And so I actually just, I think last week I was just started posting on Instagram, like, Hey, if you want to, you know, you're getting the eight, the HTM, the hair, it's the hair tissue analysis for kids is so it's so easy. Um, and it's such a big one. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) I have to come see you. Yeah. I mean, and well, and the good thing is, I mean, all of these labs, I, you know, all of the labs that I do, they ship right to your house. So you don't have to go anywhere to do them. You just do it at home. And then, um, you know, you ship it off. Even, even internationally? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? I have, yeah, I've had clients in Europe before. Um, we just do it. And mm-hmm. sometimes you have to use different labs that, you know, kind of work through that, but yeah, internationally too. Cool. So last question about that. And let, mm-hmm. I want to move on because you have so many other um, buckets of knowledge. What, if any, can you speak to sort of like a general uh, deficiency that you're seeing across the board that people tend to have that they're probably not aware of? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think some of the biggest surprises, I think there's, there's probably two big ones that I can think of. One is sodium. And I mentioned it before because I find that one a lot. And I think most people, because I think sodium is kind of like you got a bad rap. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I was about to say kind of like carbs for a while, right? Like it got a bad rap. And, and it's funny because if you dig into the research and I was just digging into this a few weeks ago, um, I just got, went down this rabbit hole with this research article I was looking at. And the research actually shows that when, when, when it came out that quote salt is bad for you, it was just a doctor that said it about some patients he had with high blood pressure. It wasn't even based on like actual scientific studies that that said like, oh, you know, salt is giving you high blood pressure. He had some clients with high blood pressure. It was like, oh, it's the salt. And so there's actually the studies don't really point to salt causing high blood pressure. The salt issue is that the majority of at least the Western world is getting their salt from, or their sodium from like table salt, right? It's like, it's like the salt version of white sugar. It's totally refined. It's used all these chemicals to strip every nutritional value from it. Right. So it's just the minerals, right? Yeah, exactly. Whereas if you got salt from the sea salt or, you know, Celtic salt, which is what I always recommend you, how all these micronutrients, like there's up to 90 micronutrients in Celtic sea salt. Sometimes some people say more, but that's like pushing the salt where it needs to go. So it's helping with the fluid balance in your body and in your cells, rather than just, you know, every day, just soaking it all up. So Anyway, most people, back to your question, most people I think are afraid of salt for that reason. And and they're surprised when they see how low their sodium levels are. Our adrenals use more sodium than really any other part of the body. And when we're in a chronic state of stress, which is the majority of the Western world, our body is just churning, 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 churning through that sodium. And 
you know, becomes deficient. The same thing with magnesium. Magnesium is another big one that's deficient in people. And so sodium is a big one. I think that surprises people. And then calcium is quite the opposite. Calcium for a lot of people is too high. I think people, mm-hmm. uh, I find it, a, an excess is much more common than deficiency in my world. And we end up having to kind of break that down. And when, it, again, it's a stress response in the body, right? Our body, it builds this kind of protective shell and your body um, in a stressed response, it, it's it's pulling out calcium and it, from the bones and pushing it out into your tissues. And when it gets chronic over a long period of time, it can build what's called a calcium shell around like your nerves and your cells. And you start to uh, have symptoms like it can cause um, like memory issues, brain fog, like things start to happen in the brain, right? Um, it can cause issues with your thyroid because now your cells are no longer receiving the thyroid hormones. So it causes this protective shell around your cells. So you're not sitting and receiving things in and out of the cells like you should. So I find um, a lot of times, I mean, I'd say probably 80% of the time my clients have an excess of calcium that we have to kind of break down. I think the other piece of that especially from COVID, all of us were like, vitamin D, all the vitamin D, because everybody was saying vitamin D is what you need, which vitamin D is good. I'm not saying that, but everybody was saying like, mm-hmm. vitamin D is what you need to you know, fight COVID or whatever. But when we're taking vitamin D without anything else, any other, any other cofactors, vitamin D can stimulate the release of calcium, pull, pull it out of the body. And that's when it pushes out into your tissues, rather than if you were taking it with a cofactor like vitamin K, that sends it where, where it's supposed to go. So rather than pulling the calcium out, it's sending the D and the calcium where it needs to go. So um, I'm, I'm finding, and I'm, I'm sure somebody will do a research study at some point because I'm finding, and I've, I've heard from a lot of my other FDN friends that over the past few years, we have seen this huge influx of people coming in with this huge calcium buildup. And I guarantee you the majority of it is just people taking too much vitamin D and not knowing how to take it with the cofactors. Hmm. So you think it's more that than sort of like so many products that are quote unquote certified or not certified. That's not the word fortified with. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that could totally be it too, but I, yeah, I I think I'm sure that's part of it too. And I have had clients before, like I've had a client, I had a client one time and um, they like raised animals and stuff and they drank, she drank a ton of of raw milk and her calcium levels are through the roof. I'm like, girl, we got to back off the milk. So it does happen <laughs> that way. But I would say the majority of it is stress, of course, because stress is the root of all things. But the majority of us of it, I really think is stress. And I, I really do think some of it the last couple of years has been this influx of us people, you know, like doping out on vitamin D and just not take, take, taking it properly. Mm. Amazing. Some really great information there. Thank you. Yeah. So let's, at what point in your, your work or your journey did human design come into the, the mix? Yeah. Oh gosh. I love human design. Um, so I, a few years ago, I was working with a spiritual business coach and we're just kind of working through some business stuff and she ties in kind of some spiritual pieces there. And she had a really small piece of it in her program. She wasn't like a human design, like expert or teacher, but she had a really small piece of it. And that little piece was all I needed to just pique my interest. I mean, it was so fascinating to me. I, I did, you know, I did my chart and you can get your chart for free, by the way, for those listening, if you don't know what human design is, you can go get your chart for free online. Um, you can, I, I, I typically, I usually recommend my humandesign.com. I feel like that's, she does a really good job of, of kind of keeping it simple and not complicated because it can get super complicated real fast and you can go down all the rabbit holes and, you know, but I think she does a good job of really simplifying it. But <clears throat> I think when I, when I saw my chart, I did my chart and oh, I felt like I was, it was so validating for me, like understanding 
me and understanding What's how I, I'm a, I'm a manifesting generator. Mm. You, do you know yours? Powerful. I'm generator. Nice. Okay. So close. We're, we're very similar. Yeah. Um, I think bee. you're what I'm a worker bee. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Me too. And I'm the like multitasking worker bee. So like, yeah, we are we're a lot alike in that sense. Now all of your crazy modality mix makes it so makes much- sense. Right. I know <laughs> I get that. <laughs> oh, now I get it. Yeah, no, it totally does. But that, that was the piece for me too. That, that huge piece, the piece you were just mentioning about doing all the things I felt like for so long, I, I kept telling myself like, no, just like stick with something like just, you know, you don't, you can't do all of these things, like just find something and stick with it. And I just couldn't, like, I couldn't make myself do it. And then when I did, when I did my human design and I understood what it meant to be a manifesting generator, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is why I had do like 85 things at one time. And I literally have like 25 tabs open at the same time working on, like, it made so much sense to me. And I realized like, no, I don't, I don't have to put myself in a box and quote, focus on one thing. I can, I can do it all. That's how I'm designed. And I think the other piece for me too, and for any manifesting generator listening out there, there's a lot of deconditioning, (laughs) right? That, that happens when you learn your human design and you realize like all these things you're trying to push down or push away, like, no, stop doing that. Like that's you. It's, It's how you were designed, how you're wired. The other piece for me was not like not following things through, not following everything through and which, you know, by society's perspective, it would look like you're flaky or you can't follow through or you're indecisive or whatever. When really manifesting generators, like we're only meant to do things that light us up in the moment. And when they don't light us up anymore, we either, you know, delegate, pass it off or go on to the next thing. Because when you don't is when you start meeting resistance. And then that's when things start to kind of fall apart. So, so yeah, for me, it was, is this like learning and relearning and deconditioning process of understanding like how I'm wired and how I'm supposed to be or how I'm designed to function like in the world. And it was just such a huge revelation for me. Mm. Yeah. I found it really powerful in two areas specifically one kind of how understanding like how one's energy ebbs and flows mm-hmm. and giving yourself permission to flow totally, with it. Totally. Opposed to trying to fit into the nine to five yep. energy box. Yep. And also like from what point in my body I should sort of tune into most and when I'm making decisions. Mm -hmm. Yes. The decision piece is huge. And that's been a huge one for me too. That one, your authority. So if you're looking at your chart, if you look at your authority, that's going to tell you like how you best make decisions. And that piece is huge for sure. That's a, that's a real eye opener. Cool. So you got the Pilates studio, you do all of the nutrition stuff. Um, for you, like what is sort of the the integration piece there? Do you see it in terms of the kind of clients that come to you that sort of like really are open to all of these different modalities that you offer? Or um, are you still finding that people come to you ultimately with the air quotes desire to lose weight mm-hmm. um, and you're just able to sort of, you know, help them find this deeper deeper why yeah and taking that, care of themselves that's a really good question um I really feel like as as my business has evolved and then as I have evolved just as a human um I think 
the the type of client has evolved too. And now granted, you know, I still get people who come to me that are wanting to lose weight, but it's, you know, it's my job to also help them understand that the weight is just a symptom. Like the weight's never the problem. There's a, it's always a symptom of something else. But I do, I do think that, you know, how, how I'm, I mean, it's how I'm positioning myself too. I think that people are coming to me, like they want to know the root cause. Like it's not about the weight. And for most women, even the ones I will say this, even the ones who come to me for the weight, like we're talking about the weight, when I, when I were talking about like, you know, I always ask them like, what's the, what's the big transformation you see at like the other end of the tunnel kind of thing. And it's never the weight. That's never their answer. Their answer is always something about, I just want to feel good. Or I remember what it's like to feel good. I just want to feel that again. Or I just, I just want to feel happy in my body. Like it's never about the weight. And that like, just makes my soul so happy because that's, I mean, that's what it's about for me too. It's um, because, and I, you know, this is a, as a side note, I, for a long time, I struggled with disordered eating behaviors. And so for me, that was a huge thing for me for a long time was it was the calories and it was, you know, counting this and counting that and tracking this, you know, all that, like, so OCD about stuff. Exhausting, right? Totally. Absolutely. Stress in itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I, I feel that. And, and while I've never been someone who's been, you know, severely overweight that struggle with that piece, I can still understand that perspective of like, it just, it just weighs on you on, on mm. your like mental capacity. Like, God, if I could just get to the, you know, the right number or the right, you know, whatever, but then helping women realize that it's not even about the number, like it's feeling good in your body and it's feeling like you have vitality to function and you can be there for your family. And, and there it's, there's so many deeper things than that. Yes, 100% agree. Can you talk a little bit about your journey with birth control? I'm curious. I had the personal experience where for many reasons, which I won't get into because the interview is about you. (laughs) I took birth control like back to back. I had a female gynecologist at the time that didn't see any problem with like, you know, taking pill back. Like I didn't take the seven day space, if you will. Oh, right, right, right. I didn't have a period for like most of my twenties and half of my thirties, if you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Therefore, when I got off of it to try and have a baby, I, you know, did not get pregnant the month after I, I believe that like a lot of things were going on, but mostly it was, it took my body more than a year, almost two to sort of regulate itself back and get all of those Mm-hmm. Um, synthetic hormones out of my system. Yep. I believe it. I believe it. And I'm with you. I was, I was on the pill for a long time and I, and I would do every now and then it was like, you know, you could plan around like, Oh, if I'm going on a trip, I'll just keep taking it. So I don't have a period while I'm, you know, vacationing or whatever. And you don't think anything of it. And, you know, they handed out like candy. So it's like, well, it can't be bad, you know, it can't be that bad. <laughs> and Gosh, yes. And and honestly, I don't think I realized the effect that it had had on my body. I mean, I really don't think I realized until I was getting off. And the only reason I got off initially was, was to try to have kids. Right. And for me, and I was blessed that, that it happened really fast, but, and I was surprised because I thought the same thing, oh, this is going to take forever. Cause I've taken it for so long. Um, so at that point I'd taken, I don't know, over a decade. Um, but yeah, I think, and after I got off of it, I, I realized I'm like, there's no way I'm getting back on. Like I had no idea. Like for me, it was, I could tell a difference in my mood 
even when I was pregnant, which it's like, you know, your mood's crazy when you're pregnant, but I could just tell like, it's, it's something is different. Like my mood is different. I could tell, um, I had done some labs and stuff on myself. This was about the time when I was doing, going through my FDM program. And I did all these labs myself and I'm like, and I consider myself a pretty healthy person, you know, and I did these labs and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, and I know it was from birth control. There's so many things wrong with my gut and, you know, me having gut issues my whole life. I'm like, well, crap. This whole time I've been on birth control has just been making things worse. Um, I mean, mineral deficiencies or there's so many things off. And I know it was because of birth control. I know it was. And so, yeah, I mean, I never went back on and, and I was really afraid. I was afraid like my skin was going to freak out. I was afraid of like what the periods were going to be like. And I think that was what kind of solidified it for me. Like, you know, I, I got off of it or whatever. And my first period, I'm like, oh, this is going to be terrible. And it wasn't like, it was, it was okay. And I'm like, huh. Cause, and that was scare tactics they have. Totally. Yes. I also remember being told that you're going to gain weight. Yes, absolutely. And I think for me in my, like, um, like, brain that was still processing like my whole body image thing. You know, I think that was the other piece too. Cause I think for, I think I've thought about it for a while. Cause I've been reading stuff leading up to before I wanted to have kids like, Oh, maybe I should. But then I'm like, that was my thing. Like, well, I don't want to get off of it. Cause I don't want to gain weight and I don't want to have terrible periods. Cause that was initially why I had gotten on it. I mean, just had horrible PMS and it was just terrible. And I, I think that's why, and in a lot of clients I talk, I work with, that's their thing too. It's, and that's the doctor telling him like my, my client, she was just sending me a message the other day. She, cause that was, she's on, you know, five or six different meds for a bunch of different things. And her goal is to get off all of the meds. And so the first one, I'm like, well, let's tackle birth control first. And that's why she was terrified. Cause she was like, the doctor was, you know, of course, trying to talk her out of it and all these things. And, and that was the thing. She's like, well, your, your periods are going to be terrible. Cause she also has PCOS, which they say that. I don't really know if anyway, that's a whole other thing too, but they're like, you're too. And, and they weren't, they weren't, she's like, I barely even had cramps. And we had been working together for about a month before. So I'm sure we had, you know, balance out some things, but it's like, but yeah, the scare tactics, I mean, it's such, it's, it's really unfortunate. <laughs> well, and there's this piece again, like how much dairy and arguably meat in general, it's all pumped with hormones. Totally. Yes. Eating as a teenage girl, yes. like that was probably making all of your symptoms worse. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, not to mention like all of the, and I, I don't know if, if, I don't know, I, I would like to know like studies on levels of like endocrine disruptors in the nineties and early two thousands. But I, but, but that too, I mean, I was like, I mean, I don't know if this is you back in the day, I was dousing my body with bath and body works and like, you know, all the perfumes and I mean, you name it all. Yes. The body, all that. So it's like, (laughs) crap, there was probably so many things going. So yeah, I think there's so many things that, you know, obviously the doctors aren't going to mention by it, but yeah, so many things that were contributing to why I was having the terrible periods in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I always point out to clients, it's not like that they're, you know, they're just not educated on this because it's not part of their curriculum. They feel like, you know, you're challenging their authority, exactly uncomfortable. And therefore it's just like, I know you really need to kind of, um, you know, these days there's usually, uh, an option of homeopathic doctor or functional medicine doctor, who's like at least a little bit more open-minded to solve these things. Right. Exactly. Diet and lifestyle. Exactly. Quote unquote medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, before we look at all of the, you know, prescription drug right, options. Right. Right. Exactly. Amazing. So tell us more about what you're doing these days specifically, who are yeah. you working with and anything else you want to draw yeah. the audience's attention? Yeah. To? 
Um, so I recently finished my level three Reiki training. So I'm really incorporating like kind of some energy medicine into what I'm doing and energy work. And that's been really exciting. Um, um, and that's kind of my goal for this year is to really integrate all of that together. Cause that kind of been just kind of piecing things together as I've, you know, my manifesting generator brain is like, Oh, what to do what, what to do next? And I'm just kind of grabbing things. But now this is like, okay, now I can kind of put it together in this cohesive, like this is, this is me and in, in my, you know, how I work kind of thing. And so the energy work is big, just being able to really hone in on the holistic piece is a big deal for me. I mean, you know, I, I do the functional labs and functional um, approach and all that, but the holistic piece is it's the mind, the body, the spirit, right? And being able to really address all of those, like specifically. Well, I've never been one to like throw one of those out. I've just never really honed in on each of them, like in depth. And so, um, so yeah, I, I think the human design piece was kind of a start. And then now that I've, I've done the Reiki training, the energy piece, the energy attunements and Reiki and all that's just kind of this added piece to really help women at you know, the deepest level possible, because we know it's all, I mean, you know, this too. I mean, it's, it's all related, right? You can't address the physical piece without addressing the mental, emotional, and spiritual pieces. So you, you had to put all the pieces together. Exactly. Love it. So what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Where do you hang out most? Yeah, probably most on Instagram. I'm at the Hope Pedraza. I have, I have a free Facebook group. Um, it's live wholesome and healthy. And we do um, workshops and challenges and Q and A's and all things like functional nutrition, human design, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Or you can go to my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Cool. And your podcast, what do you talk yes, about? My podcast? podcast. Yes. My podcast is hopeful and wholesome. It's all things, health, wellness, and inspiration. So it's kind of the, you know, the functional side of me, we talk about health and wellness. And then it's like the spiritual woo woo side of me that I like. And I bring on guests who talk about all things spiritual and my body. It's so fun. Cool. Well, it's been a pleasure, Hope. Um, I have a feeling that we're going to be in touch. Uh, yeah, for yes. various reasons. Yes. Thanks, Megan. I'm so glad to be on here. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you greatly. And if you are appreciating the show and you wish to support us in a small way, you can do that by rating us on Apple iTunes. You could share one of your favorite episodes with a good friend who you think would enjoy it. And you can subscribe to the show. All those things help us uh, get more eyes on the podcast. So if you want to connect with me, you can find me on all platforms at Megan Swan Wellness. You can check out the website, MeganSwanWellness.com. I hang out mostly on Instagram and LinkedIn. So please drop me a message and tell me what was your major takeaway from the show. Have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Sending my love. Thank you.